Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search rockc3 for our app. This week, Pastor Josh Finkley brings us the second week of our series called Open All Doors. Enjoy the message. Man, we're, we're going to dive right in. You can go ahead and have a seat. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this idea of Jesus being our living hope. And, and because he is our living hope, and because he changes everything, then it should change everything in our life. You know, last week we, we started a series that we're calling Open All Doors. And the whole idea with open all doors is how do I open a door to be personal with God? Like, how do I open a door to be personal with Jesus? But not just me, because if it's just me, then that's extremely selfish. But how do I open a door for me to be personal with God, but also for me to share Christ personally with others? And that's what this whole series is about. It's what we kind of launched last week, which I want to continue in today. And I want to continue by asking us this question, how do we open the doors? Well, like, how does that, how do we make that even possible to open a door uh, for Christ? Uh, Think about this. Think about the last time you faced something and you couldn't get it open. Uh, Like, whether that's a door that you couldn't get opened or a jar that you couldn't get opened. And how frustrating can it be when you can't open up that object or whatever it is? Like, for instance, when you've had maybe a jar that you can't open, whether that's a, a jar of pickles, a jar of jelly, whatever it is, like, what do you do to get that jar open? Have you thought about that? Just curious, how many of you all like beat it with a butter knife? Is there anybody that does that? Okay, so, so a couple of you. I've heard that around here that you kind of run it under water, like some hot water. I don't know if that works or not. Okay, I'm getting some head nods, all right? So, but, but when you can't get it open, it's frustrating. Or, or here's another thing that's difficult that, you, that, that you're trying to figure out, how do I open this? But it can be frustrating. The bag of M&Ms or Reese's Pieces at the movie theater, Right? Because you want to open it, but you don't want to be too loud because you don't want other people in your party to know that you even have it because you don't want to have to share it, right? All right, that's part of it. The second part is if I go to open and it's kind of stuck on top, then you start freaking out. It's like, ah, but if I pull too hard, I'll rip the whole bag and they're going to go everywhere and I just wasted $9, right? Like, 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 so there's frustration there. Here's another one that that is just extremely frustrating. How many of y'all enjoy Chick-fil-A? How many of y'all enjoy Chick-fil-A nuggets? Okay, so you're with me so far. How many of you all have ever went through the drive-through at Chick-fil-A and as you're leaving, you're driving down the road, you got your chicken nuggets, hand on the wheel, probably working a stick shift at the same time and you gotta get your Chick-fil-A sauce open, right? Like you didn't think, open it before you leave, but now you're driving down the road and you gotta open it and it's one of those packets where that little tab won't release. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there and you're biting it and you're doing everything to get that stupid thing open? Like there's times that we want something opened in front of us and it's difficult. Or or here's 
sometimes it's just simply a door. That you need a door opened, and the fact that a door is closed or a door is locked, it can be extremely frustrating. And you're like, how do I get this door unlocked? How do I get this door opened? Now, guys, this was real life for me on Friday. Like real life. I had a locked door in front of me that I had to get open. And to explain that, I had to give you the backstory. That my son, my youngest son, Tate, he turned 20 on Friday. And uh, last year for his 19th birthday, it was my job to get the cake. All right. Now, what I know about Tate is every year he wants a red velvet cake uh, from the trestle. Like that's what he wants, red velvet cake. All right. My only job is to get the cake. Like, I don't pick out the presents. When my kids open presents at home, I'm like, oh, that's what I bought you. You know what I mean? Like, I get, dad, you with me? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But my wife has made it apparently obvious that it is my job to get the cake. Well, last year for his 19th birthday, I got home at about seven o'clock at night on his birthday, and Krista said, where's the cake? And I had forgotten like, 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 didn't order it, didn't do anything. So immediately I have to run to Food Lion. No offense to Food Lion, it's not the same. So this year, going into his 20th, I knew I had one job. And my job was to get the cake. So on Wednesday, knowing my job on Friday, I went and ordered the cake. Like, I felt good about myself. 48 hours early, I ordered the cake and said, I'll pick it up Friday. But Friday came, and I happened to go golfing on my day off. And then I happened to go to a baseball field on my day off. And then I happened to go to a football field. And about 6 o'clock at night, I'm heading home because I know we're supposed to celebrate Tate's birthday. And while I'm driving home, my wife texts me, I assume you have the cake. Well, because I ordered it, is that good enough? No. But it's 6.15. The trestle closes at 6. I immediately freak out. Because I'm like, this can't happen again. I'll be like sleeping in the doghouse. You know what I mean? So, so like I'm immediately going, I got to get this door. And like, what do I got? I got, I got to figure it out. So one, I was talking to one of our ladies on staff and she's like, God, like, 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 and I'm like, I'm freaking out. And she's like, don't just settle down. We'll get the door unlocked. I'm like, how? She goes, let me make a phone call. So while she's making a phone call, I call somebody else, a friend of ours who works here, or excuse me, who works there, who attends here. I'm like, Stephen, I need a key to the trestle. He's like, I got one. I'm like, any chance? He's like, we can make it happen. But while I'm talking to him, uh, Adrian calls me back and says, there's somebody still there. I got it. They're going with their key to unlock the door now. Fortunately, and without my wife's knowledge, <laughs> I got home with a cake. <laughs> to which she says, where's the ice cream? And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> my job was a cake, not ice cream. Okay, but anyway, the secret for me getting the cake, though, was the key. I couldn't have got the cake if we didn't have somebody that had the key to unlock the door. All right, and I want to give you the secret. 
I want to give you the secret today of unlocking doors. Of unlocking doors in your life for you to get personal with Jesus. For unlocking doors in others' lives for you to share Christ. And it's a simple key. All right, like what I'm about to share with you isn't going to be like mind-blowing at first. The key to open doors is simply prayer. That's it. It's prayer. And some of you catch that. Some of you know that when you have closed doors in your life, when you have a door that needs to be opened, when you're thinking about, man, I need this new job. I need this person to be healed. I, I need this situation to get figured out. You start to pray like crazy. But others of you, when you hear prayer is the answer, you say, well, that seems crazy. Like I know there's both in the room right now. I know there's both watching online right now. There's some of you are like, yep, prayer's the answer. And others of you are like, I don't know. That seems crazy. But I believe the secret to opening a door with a personal relationship with Jesus is prayer. And I believe the secret to opening the door with others in sharing Jesus is prayer. And one reason I believe that is it's because what Paul said. And it's what Jesus said. So, so let's look at it and let's look at what Paul said and then we'll go back to Jesus to, to clarify some things, all right? And, and Paul, he was an apostle. I'll tell you his story later, but basically he's a guy whose life was changed by Jesus. And he wrote a book uh, called the Book of Colossians. It's basically a letter to some Christians. And in it, he was telling them how to reach their friends, how to reach, uh, the word he used was outsiders, those who didn't know Jesus, those who hadn't placed their faith in Jesus. And one of the ways he said to do that was to simply pray. It's Acts chapter four, verse two. We're gonna put it on the screen. And a little more context as you see this, just as a reminder, you're gonna see the English and then you're gonna see the Spanish. Now, the reason you're gonna see the Spanish is some of you know Spanish, so you can read it. But the main reason we're putting Spanish on there is just a reminder, I mentioned this last week, that starting today at our 1130 service, we now offer Spanish translation during the sermon. Uh, so we're, we're throwing the scriptures up there. So, um, so that's why you'll see Spanish up there. I just want to remind you of that. Also want to remind you, if you know people who are, are need to hear the gospel, but they speak Spanish, invite them to come to the rock at 1130. All right. So anyway, back to the verse. It says this, Colossians chapter four, verse two, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pretty simple. That what Paul is trying to say here is, if you want to open doors to others so that you can personally share uh, the message of Jesus with others, then you've got to be disciplined. That you've got to be devoted, and you've got to be devoted when it comes to prayer. So pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now, let's start by just simply talking about an alert mind, all right? That, that what he is talking about specifically here is how to be alert in your prayers, about how to be alert in life. And if we're honest, most of us struggle with this. Most of us, when it comes to prayer, we're not very alert. Most of us, when it comes to prayer, uh, that, that, that we lose focus like crazy, and I'll prove it, and this will make some of you feel good because you'll recognize you're not alone. 
How many of you all, when you've ever started to pray to God, have lost track of what you were saying while you were praying? Okay, yeah, most of us in the room. How many of you all have ever been praying, and as you've been praying, it's like squirrel, right? You know what I mean? Like, like you're praying about a job, you're praying about a promotion and it'll bring more money. And the next thing you know, well, that means I can go shopping and I can go buy this and that'll be great. And like you're way off. How many of y'all, here you go again. How many of y'all have ever been praying at night, like while you're going to sleep and all of a sudden you fall asleep? Oh, hold up. And you wake up later and say, in your name, amen. (laughs) Right, right. You know what I mean? Like we do it because we're not very focused. We don't have an alert mind. So I want to teach you how to have an alert mind in your personal prayers because it's going to help you to personally connect with Jesus. And then I want to teach you about how to have an alert mind so that you can share Christ with others. Again, Colossians 4, 2 is all about sharing Christ with others. But before we can even go there, we got to make sure that we're doing it personally so we personally connect with Jesus. And that's where we go back to the words of Jesus himself. That what Jesus said is he gave us a simple process of how to pray. One, he said, don't babble. Uh, Look at it. It's Matthew chapter 6. It's from what's called the Sermon of the Mount, maybe the most famous sermon of Jesus ever. He said, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. All right? And all Jesus means there is don't just speak words. Don't be religious in your language. Uh, don't be um, just babbling and not focused. And what he says is here's the way to be focused. And he gives us what is called the Lord's Prayer. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. And it's uh, the very next verse. It reads this way. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now let me pause with that for a second. Because I know even when you read that, some of you would be like, okay, that that seems like language I don't really understand. Let me make it real simple. Jesus is just saying, get personal. Our Father, Dad. For some of you, that's difficult language even here because you've had a hard life. And to even think of God as your dad can be difficult. But what God is trying to say is, I want to be personal. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. And the will of God is to be in a personal relationship with you. So all Jesus is saying here is get personal. And then he says, get practical. The very next part of the verse reads it this way. It says, give us today the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from evil one. Those are just practical things. We need food. We need forgiveness. We need to be protected from the evil one. That what, what Jesus is saying is when you pray, just get personal and get practical. And if you'll be personal and practical, you can be alert with that. And with those two things in mind, then knock and knock and knock. Uh, In the next chapter, same sermon though, Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And what is that door that's gonna be opened? A personal relationship with Jesus. 
So in your prayers, be alert in your mind by being personal with Jesus, being practical with Jesus, and then continue to live that out. Not just in a morning time prayer, not just in an evening time prayer, not just in a prayer over a meal, because unfortunately, I think that's when we, we kind of think, well, that's when I pray. No. What, the way we're supposed to pray is every minute, every hour, every second of our lives. That we should be living a life of prayer. And that's what Paul was really getting at in Colossians 4. That he's saying, be alert. Uh, maybe another way to say it is, pray with your eyes open so that you can see what God is trying to do in you and through you on a daily basis. And that's where I think we, we lose focus. I think that's where we're, we're not alert, is that, that we forget to be watchful, we forget to be mindful. The, the actual terminology that Paul was using here, the, the Greek language, what he originally wrote it in, is the same words that Jesus used when Jesus was talking to Peter, James, and John. That, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he looked at Peter, James, and John, and he said, hey, I'm going to go pray. I need you to pray and keep watch. Be on alert. That I want you to keep watch of what's going on, because if you're not on watch of what's going on, then bad things might happen. If you're not on watch of what's going on, then you're going to miss an opportunity to, to, to do ministry. That we got to keep our mind alert and focused. And when we don't, well, bad things do happen. I witnessed this kind of firsthand, not in a prayer situation, but it was when I was back in the military. Uh, I was serving, it was basic training. We were out at a thing called bivouac, which basically is soldiers going camping for several days, all right? And after several days, we're tired, we're sleepy, we're dirty. Like, it's like, we just want this to end. And then on that night, I pulled guard duty. Uh, so they said, hey, for the next couple hours, you gotta go be in the foxhole. So I go and I'm in the foxhole. And while I'm in the foxhole, I'm just supposed to keep watch. So let's keep my eyes open. But after you've been camping and, and in this mission uh, for several days, I'm dog dead tired. It's the middle of the night. I'll let you guess what happened. I fell asleep. And I woke up to my drill sergeant's boots in my face. Like literally my eyes awake, open up to seeing his boots and hearing him yell, Private Finkley, are you sleeping on the job? No, drill sergeant. Lie, lie, lie. Fortunately, it was basic training. No one died that night. No one got hurt that night except for me because of the push-ups. But, but it, didn't, it didn't hurt anybody's life. But if that would have been real, I would have been dead. If that would have been real, then the soldiers that I was supposed to be protecting and keeping watch over they either would have been dead or ambushed. Think about your life. What Paul is saying is that there are those who are in danger. They are in danger of losing their eternal lives. So keep Watch, be alert, have your eyes open, your mind focused as you're going through life and as you're looking for people, be alert. And as you're alert, be connecting with God personally and be praying about the needs that you have and what they have, that that's what this verse is all about, that I've got to be alert. And while I'm alert, 
I've got to be thankful. Because if I'm not thankful, I'll miss the opportunities that I'm seeing right in front of my eyes. And here's what I mean. Like if you go back to the verse, uh, Colossians 4.2, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind, but a thankful heart. That if I don't have a thankful heart about what's going on in front of me and around me, then I will miss every opportunity. I'll miss opportunities, one, because I won't be able to connect with people. Let's think about it. If you're in a situation and if you have the opposite of a thankful heart, means you have an ungrateful heart, means you have a bitter heart, then you're the type of person, I'm the type of person with that heart that people don't want to be around, right? Like nobody really wants to be around someone who sucks the life out of you. Am I right? You know, so if I don't have a thankful heart, if I've got a bitter heart, then it's going to get in my way of wanting to minister to people, of wanting to share God's message with people, all right? But in addition to that, if I don't have a thankful heart, then what it will cause is me to simply miss opportunities because I'll look at the people in my life and I won't be thankful. Let's just admit this. How many of you all work with people you don't like? (laughs) You're like, am I allowed to raise my hand? Some of them are in the crowd, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Like, Like, how many of you all have people in your life who are mean? People in your life who are nasty? Uh, People in your life who are bitter? Uh, People in your life who have done things that hurt you, harm you, um, that that maybe have done things that that hurt your kids? And and the natural thing for us to be is to be like, I'm not going to be thankful for them. Yet... Think about the opportunity you would have if I was thankful for the people I come in contact with every day. Like there are people you might not like at work, but if I went to work with a thankful heart and said, I am gonna thank God for that person in my life and I'm gonna look for an opportunity to share the message with them. That, that, that I am going to be thankful for that person, even though I know they're bitter towards me, even though I know they say bad things about me, even though I know that they've hurt me in the past, I'm going to be thankful for them. Because if I'm not thankful, there's no way I'll ever walk through an open door if it presents itself. Because if it presents itself, I'll be like, well, I, uh, uh, I don't even want to be around that person. And that's the reason I got to be thankful for the people. I got to be thankful for my roommate. I got to be thankful for my neighbor. I got to be thankful for the president of the HOA. I got to be thankful for him. You might be like, Josh, you went too far there. My boss, okay. My mother-in-law, okay. The HOA lady, uh uh-uh. I got to be thankful. Because without thanksgiving, I'll never see an open door. But with thanksgiving, I might actually walk through the door that is presented in front of me. I've got to be thankful for the people in my life. Because I recognize outside of Christ, they're in danger. I've got to be thankful for the places I go. Like, let's admit it, some of you hate your job. You hate it. But it's the job you have right now. So be thankful for the place that you get to go. Because if you go to that job every day hating that job, you'll never look for the open door at that job. Be thankful right now for the school that you get to go to. And I know I'm looking at a room full of a lot of students and college students, and you guys might be going, dude, it's week one, and I already need fall break. Like, I get it. 
Some of the teachers think the same thing, okay? But, but what would it look like if we said, man, I'm going to be thankful for the mission field in which God has placed me. I'm going to be thankful for that place that I get to go. Because if I go into that place with thanksgiving, with an alert mind and a thankful heart, then, my, then I might just see the door that is presented in front of me. I want you to think about Afghanistan for a second. We've all seen the reports. We've all heard the news. We know how bad it is right now. We know that everybody's trying to, to flee the country. Those who, who are Afghans, but then also Americans who are trying to get out. We know that that's just a real situation, right? Well, the other day I was up in the office and, and uh, I was eating lunch with Timmy, who's one of our pastors, and, and he got a text. And I don't know if it was a text uh, just from a news, uh, like a mission organization he follows. I don't know if it came from a personal friend, but he just read me this quote. And it was a quote from, from, from some missionaries in Afghanistan. And while everybody is trying to get out and everybody's telling them they need to leave, they said, no, we're going to stay. They're going to stay because they believe that God's given them an open door. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. As missionaries in Afghanistan, that if they are found by the Taliban, they will die. They won't get sent home. They, they, they won't get made fun of. They won't be persecuted because of their faith. They, they won't even just be tortured because of their faith. They will be killed. Yet this mission group has said, God sent us to this community and to these people. And right now we believe that we have an open door like never before because people are in search of hope. So we're going to stay and we're going to be thankful for the place that God has called us to because we believe that a door might just get opened. Think about their faith. When you go to school and say, well, I don't necessarily like school. Think about their faith when you, when you go to your job and think, well, I don't necessarily like my job. And start being thankful because who knows how God might just open a door for you right there. That I've got to pray. I've got to be in a mode of prayer all day long with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And with an alert mind and a thankful heart, I just pray and pray and pray for open doors. I pray that God might just open a door. That's what Paul was praying. I look back at his prayer in Colossians 4. It says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Let me pause there for a second. That, that, that what Paul is saying is he's saying, pray that God might open a door for me. Now you've got to understand while Paul is praying this, he's in prison. It's not like while, while he's walking through a city. It's not why, while he's hanging out on a beach. It's not why, why, while a bunch of great things are happening in his life. He's in prison and he's praying, God, open a door for, for this guard. Open the door for this guard to hear the message about Jesus. 
God, open the door for that inmate over there. God, open the door for that murderer over there. God, open the door for that traitor over there. Like, like guys, pray for me that God might open a door that I can share Jesus with the guy I'm chained to. Share Jesus with the guy who's going to kill me at the end of my time in jail. God, help me to share Jesus as I write it to anybody I can get a letter to. That he's saying, I want to proclaim the mystery of Christ. And what is the mystery? That Jesus changes everything. That Jesus changes everything. If you don't know Paul's story, that at this point in his life, he's a follower of Christ. But it was just a few years earlier that he was murdering Christians. It was a few years earlier that he was chasing down Christians and killing them because he didn't believe in Jesus. But while he was on a road to go and kill some Christians, he had a personal encounter with Christ and it changed everything. And because of that moment changing everything in his life, he said, man, I gotta get this message out. He said, I've got to let people know about this. i got to let them know that Jesus changes everything because Jesus isn't just a guy who showed up on, on earth for 33 years. Jesus was God coming in the flesh, dying on a cross, rising from the dead, and making it possible for my sins to be forgiven and for me to have new life in Christ. That's the everything I have experienced. That's the everything we can experience. That's the everything that the person who makes fun of you can experience. That's the everything that your son can experience. That's the everything that your your dad who's addicted to alcohol can experience. That's the everything that your friend at school who gossips about you can experience. They can experience Christ. And if that's the case... We should do everything we can to pray and to pray and to pray for an open door to clearly communicate. Not to kind of communicate, not to just throw it out there, communicate, but to clearly communicate that Jesus changes everything. So I want you to pray for an open door right now. I want you to start thinking about the people in your life and I want you to pray for an open door. And then as you're praying for an open door, that you're gonna continually walk with an alert mind and a thankful heart going, with an alert mind, I'm looking for that door. With a thankful heart, I'm ready for the opportunity because I wanna personally share Christ with my buddy. I'm going to pray and pray and pray for my child who has walked away from the Lord. I'm going to pray and pray and pray. And with an alert mind and a thankful heart, I'm going to look for an opportunity. I'm going to pray and pray and pray for, the, for my roommate, for my sweet mate. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and pray and pray that God changes everything. And I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to pray. I'm gonna encourage you to to come up front and to write on these doors that you see to the right and left of the stage.
Now these doors are gonna be here for the next nine months. They're gonna be around in our, in our room for the next nine months. So it isn't just something today, it's just something that's gonna be ongoing as an opportunity to pray. And, and I'm gonna invite you to come up in a moment and to take out a Sharpie that's up on a table and just to write somebody's name that you're praying for. Now, you know, be sensitive. Don't put a first, middle, and last name. Be sensitive, but write a name. Say, man, I'm praying for this person because your heart hurts for them, because your heart loves them, because you want to see Jesus change everything in their life. And then after you write on that door, there's a little miniature door, if you could call it that, that is on those table in the bucket as well. And I'm going to invite you to take this little miniature door with you and maybe put it on the dashboard of your car, put it in your dorm room, put it on your desk, put it in your backpack, put it someplace that will constantly remind you. Maybe you're going to want to write somebody's name on it as well. And then just be alert and be thankful and to pray and pray and pray for open doors in their life. Because who knows, that prayer and with an alert mind and a thankful heart, that prayer might absolutely radically change everything in somebody's life. And I know that's possible because I've seen it. You see, three years ago, we did something similar to this with a domino. And we invited people to write somebody's name on the domino and pray for that one person. Thursday night, while I was preaching this message, I brought that back up and said, some of you remember the name that you wrote on your domino. And because of that, you've seen victory. We've seen it. Uh, one of our ladies who works at our J. Rubin campus, she's seen name after name of people who have come to the Lord that she wrote on her domino. Uh, that there's a preacher down at the beach. He saw what we, we did and he said, Josh, can, can we do that same series? I'm like, absolutely. And since then, he's seen name after name on dominoes come to know the Lord. Crazy thing, Thursday night. Thursday night, a young man named Jeff got baptized. While he was in the back with his wife and with Timmy, they were talking about the baptism. And his wife, she said, I wrote his name on my domino three years ago. Yes. I mean, how crazy is that? I had no plans on talking about the domino that night and I talked about it and next thing you know, she's back there saying, for 10 years I've been praying that he would take this step. Three years ago, I wrote his name on a domino. Tonight, he is taking the step of baptism. Guys, it can happen because the key to you being personal with Jesus and the key to sharing Jesus personally with others is prayer. Because just as Jesus changes everything, so does prayer change everything. So I want to invite you right now to maybe write on a door. Maybe write on the door and then go off to the side and just start praying. Start praying that God will give you an alert mind this week and a thankful heart. Maybe what you need to do is you need to say a prayer and open your heart to Jesus today. Because you've never done that. Maybe you need to say a simple prayer. It's a costly prayer. It'll cost you everything. Not some things, not a little bit of things, not most of your things. It's a prayer that will cost you everything. But you can pray, Jesus, 
I'm making room for you. Jesus, I surrender. I want to ask you into my life. And you can open up that door to your heart today. And you can feel forgiveness. And you can see him change everything. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.